Welcome back to the Paint, Paper and Palettes podcast. My name is Caitlin. Hello. I'm here with Izzy again. Um, before we start getting all talky, uh, we, we try to do something like fun, creative, small during the podcast. Uh, if you want to do something creative, grab a sketchbook, join us, do something. Let us know what you're doing in the comments. Uh, I'm going to be working further on my Granny Square project that I was talking about last time. Uh, Izzy, what will you be working on? Well, uh, last time I was talking about uh, my new love for lino cutting and um, I did some sketches and I'm still not happy with it. It's for the please recycle and reuse uh, stamp. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be working on that uh, during this podcast. Oh, you're doing like creative sketches during a podcast? That's like quite challenging. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, especially because it's with text. So yeah. It's like, it's, it's extra difficult. But, um, you know, last podcast, I told you that I didn't get very far because I was mostly listening to mm -hmm. you. So I, I, it will probably happen again. That's okay, too. You just keep your expectations that you don't <laughs> get a lot done. And it's also fine. Exactly. Everything is fine. Um, so, yeah, what's the topic of today? We want to talk about uh, running a financially sustainable business because we both have quite some experience in uh, mm -hmm. in this field we've been running our own businesses uh, sometimes For a couple of years now sometimes financially sustainable and sometimes not that financial sustainable uh, we, we make some wrong choices sometimes and sometimes we make them even though we know it's not the right choice for making profits <laughs> and uh, that's what we want to talk about yes and i think it's a great uh idea to start at the very beginning so caitlin mm -hmm. when you started your business with how much money did you start like your your startup money your startup amount well it would be probably great if i had any kind of budget but i didn't <laughs> <laughs> but i also didn't have any money so uh, back when I started my, my uh, like when I started with my first uh, business in art, I started selling mm -hmm. uh, stickers mostly and prints of my illustration. Mm -hmm. This was in, uh, oh, yeah. in, in June 2020, I think, like the pandemic was just started. And I didn't really have a budget. So what I would do is I would just buy a few sticker sheets. And yeah. I, I didn't have a printer, so I would go to the local print shop and made the stickers there. And then I would sell them on my Etsy. And I did the same for prints. Like, I would just... Wait, you were you were allowed by the print shop to bring your own paper? That's awesome. Yeah, but it needs to be, like, a, a paper that's all right for the printers they have. So they didn't have inkjet printers. Yeah, of course. They okay. only had, la oh, they laser, had laser, printers. laser printers. So I needed to have sticker paper that worked with laser printers. Right, right, right. Uh, right. But for the rest, I think that that's like fine for, for most print shops. Um, that's cool. So that's how I started. I just started like making things my own, uh, having like just a few, a few like, I had like 20 euros to start up. Uh, and that's how I started with my stickers. And then, of course, most people know my for my uh, ceramics. For the ceramics, yes. I just bought like a pack of clay for 10 euros. And I bought one glaze for 10 euros. 
And I rented the, I still rent the kiln, but now I rent the entire kiln. And back then I just brought my ceramics to the pottery and they would pay it off and maybe the, the firing would cost me another 10 euros. So I think the starting cost to get like started with ceramics was like 40 euros and uh, all the packaging supplies I recycled. So I didn't buy any packaging supplies back then. Oh, that's great. Because I just like... That's awesome. And sometimes I would need... I didn't have a box um, to ship something in. I would need to go and buy one box. I didn't like order a lot of boxes. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew that when I... So, for example, if you think like I'm going to start my business next year and I order... Mm -hmm supplies uh, online now and then you can just start mm-hmm. out collecting boxes already you can see this like whole yeah, pile just start, of, just start. you can see this whole pile of boxes i need to sort them i'm going to do that later today actually <laughs> <laughs> like be a hoarder just find room in your house to to keep everything and yes they- find Everything you buy online, keep the packaging. Keep the filling, keep the packaging, just keep it all. And actually, if you know uh, someone who has a physical store, you could talk to them and ask them if you can get the packaging they get when like, they uh, get their supplies. Because there's a lot yes. of packaging waste at local stores that you could like get and use. I So... My uh, parents-in-law have a surf business in Roermond. So they have a a surf beach and they sell surf planks. And they would get the surf planks in bubble wrap. That's a lot of bubble wrap that they just kept for years. Yeah, they just kept all the bubble wrap because they didn't want to throw it away. In like big bags. And then one time they were like. Good people. Good people. You you need bubble wrap right here. Take this. And I'm like. Yay. <laughs> take re- my, all my bubble wrap. Reusing is good. <laughs> so I, is, I, did, I didn't really start with like a, a budget. I still don't really budget. I'm terrible at budgeting. Uh, how about you? Did you have a budget? <laughs> well. Uh, uh, budget. <laughs> uh, no. Not really. But I did. Um. Before I started this, uh, I actually made for people I knew, like friends, not really friends, but like people, you know, acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they needed the website, I would build one for them. And it were usually, don't think it's super fancy or, or something, but it's usually very basic websites, mm-hmm. um, like uh, cleaning businesses or um, what was it? Wimper uh, lash extension a website like portfolio style websites mm-hmm. with a contact form and that's it um so when the conversation happened with ben about me buying too much watercolors which again doesn't exist <laughs> but <laughs> whatever whatever when that conversation happened and i decided to make my own i was working on a website for a beauty salon and I made 250 euros, which isn't actually a lot for building a whole website. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. Uh, that was my... Oh, and I got for my birthday, I also got a gift card for my cousins from my very favorite uh, art supply store in Breda. 
so I got a gift certificate from that. And I used almost all that money to buy pigments, uh, buy uh, the ingredients for my binder. I haven't, I didn't know about Kramer at the time. So I bought most of the stuff locally, which is good. And the pigments from Ver um, of Mode de Kat, mm -hmm. which is in the Netherlands. Um, and I bought my very first packaging, which was uh, <laughs> green plastic, uh, bubble mailers <laughs> and I invested in my first my very first logo stickers to put as like a closing seal on the packages and I've spent I think almost everything from the 250 euros uh, that I started with and then I didn't even sell anything <laughs> yet in the first few months yeah um, so yeah that that is how I started but I I would I will never forget that I started with 250 euros. And sometimes when I make a decision and buy something, for example, I bought Bahong paper directly from the manufacturer in China. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it, the Bahong paper isn't even that expensive, but the shipping is super expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a huge financial blow. Mm -hmm. um, But when that happens, I keep thinking of the 250 euros I started with. <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's okay to make such a huge investment uh, for shipping Bahum paper uh, because I know I know they will sell. Uh, but yeah, there the, it, it just needs a lot of time before you uh, make a profit out of them. Yeah, and that can be like really difficult. I I remember when I. Uh had been making stickers for a while and actually my stickers definitely in the beginning when I was doing a lot of ceramics my stickers would almost never sell like a lot of people followed me for purely my ceramics and they didn't yeah. and they didn't follow me for my art and they let me know they didn't follow me for my art they let you know <laughs> well they let me know in like they weren't buying anything that i was posting for my art oh and i thought someone would dm you like hey Caitlin, you're really nice and stuff but can you stop posting your art because i follow you for your ceramics that didn't happen but like when i posted a ceramic picture on instagram i would have like 300 to four uh, to 500 likes and if i posted an art picture on instagram i would have like 25 <laughs> oh my god so they people they didn't let me know but uh also but they did let yeah you know. they did let me know so and and then at a certain point i was like cutting i was cutting all the stickers by hand and i wanted to start making sticker sheets but you can't really do them yeah. by hand So I, no. I think I ordered, I'm not sure if I ordered sticker sheets, but I started like testing out some uh, manufacturers and ordering stickers from them instead, oh, I did that instead too. of making them at home. And yeah. uh, that can get really expensive. I mean, it's not too expensive to outsource stickers, uh, but I think if you get for like a final uh, good quality sticker, you pay like very quickly, like, uh, 60 cents to a euro per sticker and yeah. uh, then you have to get like minimum 50 stickers or something and exactly it, it gets like and then you think like 30 euros isn't a lot 
of money. But if you're spending 30 euros on one sticker design, when you're just starting out and you don't know if that design is going to sell. Um, and I do think after the years, I'm now selling out of designs that I ordered when I just started. Really? Yeah. And that's fine. They did sell in the end. So like people, apparently once I'm growing, they, they actually do like my older designs too. It's not like Yay. those designs were bad or anything, but I just like people weren't really ready to buy from me yet. Maybe I didn't have enough on my website yet, enough choice, or maybe they didn't know me yet. And now they've like connected through social media or they saw me on a convention mm -hmm. or stuff. And now they're starting to buy from me. Um, but in the beginning, I would be buy like something from a manufacturer and then just be stuck with like the the, the stuff. Is there is there anything yeah. that you bought for your like to sell or for your business that you regret doing that you learned from? <laughs> you're just looking around um, looking yeah. at all the stuff you have i'm just looking around like uh, this, 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 oh that's so much when, okay yeah. it's 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 <laughs> um i everybody knows i buy a lot of pictures yeah. um but as you can see from behind me it is a lot and sometimes i would buy especially if you look at the if you look at the uh, shelves down here um sometimes i would be influenced by the price and for example a pigment for a pigment for 100 grams would be six mm -hmm. euros uh, but if you buy a kilo it would be 20 euros <laughs> so i would usually buy right so i would usually buy uh, a kilos of pigments that I don't really, I can never finish it up, mm -hmm. um, you know, unless it's, if it's a, if it's a color that I use in every mix, then okay. But yeah, like, uh, for example, uh, black, mm -hmm. a nice black ochre. I bought, I bought two times. I bought a kilo of it <laughs> and both times, I don't even know why I bought them both times, but, and both times. It's still not finished, mm -hmm. and I have it for maybe, maybe three years already. And then it's just so, taking. Yeah, those are things. It's just taking space. It's taking a lot of space. Yeah, it's taking a lot of space. Um, so that I kind of regret. I also regret some of the um, shipping uh, supplies I have bought. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, I have bird members. And every month I ship paints to them, uh, and it's they pay a set a set price per month, but it's included shipping. Mm -hmm. And when shipping prices are rising, I can't just simply uh, raise the prices of my members because they already pay quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so what I would do is I would reduce the weight of the package. Um, so I bought, and this is very 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 not sustainable what I did. <laughs> but I bought uh, 200 plastic, because it's lightweight and it's cheap, plastic um, 
bubble mailers. It, it's not. And they were very, very, they were very, very small. Um, so I would buy those, and at the end of the day, I didn't really like using them because if you have ever ordered of me, you know that I like to package your order like it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, and just putting paint in a sleeve and then putting it in a bubble mailer is just not my thing. I know it's I know it's a thing for a lot of other makers and they're totally fine, but for me it has to feel like a little gift. Um, so I was stuck with all those bubble mailers for maybe a year. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just didn't want to use them. Um, but now they are finally they're finally gone. I actually so have like really similar experiences. So when when you were talking about the the, the uh, if you get like five hundred grams or a kilo of pigment, um, yeah, there was this time where I was like outsourcing printing um, my postcards design, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. if you know if you go to Vista Print or drug oh drug deal. You look at the oh, postcards. Like <laughs> you look at the postcards. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, you can buy 100 postcards for 18 euros. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, that's not too bad. And then it's like, oh, but you can buy 200 postcards for 20 euros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you can exactly. buy 300 postcards for 21 euros. And Basically, the more you buy, the cheaper it is. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, but I'm like, if I get like 300 postcards, I might as well get 500 postcards because it's only one euro right? extra. Yeah, exactly. And that's so terrible. So the first two postcard designs, I bought 500 of each. <laughs> <laughs> and I still. 500. And I still have like 400 of both, even though I've been giving them away for free a lot. <laughs> you see, that's the danger of those things. And, you know, I have actually thought about this. I don't know if it's maybe, maybe it's our culture, the Dutch culture. <laughs> yeah, we like discounts. We like, we like free stuff. We like discounts. We are also a weird country that likes to brag when we bought something on sale <laughs> we do oh you got a nice top yeah nice uh, it's h&m 10 euro Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> but like then you get these websites where you get buy a thousand postcards and save 30 percent yeah. and then we dutchies are like yeah i'm gonna save i'm gonna I'm gonna spend more money to save money. <laughs> I, I like that. That my grandmother always says when she bought something on sale, she always said she earned money. So she buys like two pens, right? And then she like um, she bought two pens for thirty euros, but together, yeah. like normally, they would be like eighty euros for both of them. Yeah. And then she's like, I earned. 50 euros and then my father is like no you spent 30 euros you didn't no, earn I <laughs> you didn't no, earn actually, anything actually my husband does the same my husband does the same He's like, when we, whenever we are shopping we're like buying stuff like for example online shopping we like we like buy stuff and then it's like okay if we if we order this if we order for two euros more 
we would we don't have to buy shipping and shipping is five euros so basically this item is for free yeah <laughs> my, my my boyfriend one of his favorite sayings is uh you're losing money not buying it <laughs> Oh my god. And this is why we have a hoarding problem. <laughs> it, it is, it is. See, it all comes together again. And, but, but in the end, if we like really look at what we have right now, if I would go back and save yeah. 3 euros and get 400 yeah. less postcards, I would do it. Yeah. Because it's taking space in my studio. I'm Definitely. also... Um, lowering the value of my own art because I'm giving them away for free because I have so many. Mm -hmm. And it's also not making me happy to have this many. Especially that. It's not making us happy. Uh, like, for example, my business cards. It's the same with the postcards. You know, you buy a thousand because it's cheaper and you're like, oh, I'm gonna put them in every order anyway, so I need a lot. Mm -hmm. But then... I'm the type of person that likes to change things up uh, and, and, you know, evolve and grow. So my next, I, I know already my next business card will be totally different than this one. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I already changed my logo on my Instagram to a rainbow bird because uh, I wanted to include every, because we're working, I'm working with colors. So I want it to be more colorful other than my green background. But my business cards still have my green and cockatiel bird. Uh, my thank you cards still have that. Mm -hmm. My I've I've got like a huge sign um, s s just sitting there with the idea that if I ever go to a market or a convention that I would put the sign up, which is still green and my regular cockatiel. Mm -hmm. um, so I know I'm the type of person who likes to change things, and if you buy a lot because it's cheaper then I'm annoyed because now I'm stuck with an old design. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I actually Like it still it still has my Etsy shop on the front and my Etsy shop has been closed for a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and I actually changed like um so before I would uh buy like 100 of one design um just to get like not 500 of a design. But now I actually mm -hmm. changed my, my postcards to ordering them from Moo. And if you know Moo, like they have beautiful quality. Like it's gorgeous, but it's quite expensive. But the nice thing about Moo is that you can uh, order an, an amount of cards and get like mm -hmm. the discount bonus. But you can put as many designs as you want. So you can, for example, order... 100 cards or 200 cards and you get like a discount bonus. Uh, but then you can say like over these 200 cards, I have 20 different designs and I just get like 10 of each for no, ex oh. for no extra cost. So if you have more designs for, as an artist doing illustration, uh, that's great because you can still get discounts uh, by ordering more, but you can also get like a lot of different designs. And yes, they are more expensive, but the quality right. is beautiful. Um, so that's what I want to do more. And what I've been doing lately is um, ordering smaller amounts, um, maybe spending a little bit more money. And then I can test the product first before I 
make the decision to order a lot more. Um, so that's one thing I would really advise anybody starting out is even if the price per product is going to be more, uh, try to get like a really small amount of what you're going to sell. Um, yeah. Because you can, especially if you're making it yourself, you can always make more if you run out. Yeah. And for prints, yeah. you can like, if you order 10 times a print, maybe your profit per print will be a little bit lower. And, you know, that doesn't feel nice. But it feels worse when you have like a lot of backstock that you're never going to sell because you don't want to get rid of that it. That is actually and, worse. Yeah. Because you can see the worth, you can see the worth in the amount of stocks. Like you have the potential of selling all of these and make maybe, I don't, I don't know, thousand euros, yeah. for example. But you're just sitting, you're just looking at that pile of thousand euros that's not going to sell, and that is, mm -hmm. that is so annoying. And it's the same with your inv your general inventory. Like for me, I used to make, I think I said this in a in a previous podcast. Uh, I used to make paint. I used to make 50 half pans of every color I would release. Mm -hmm. Because in the pandemic, it would sell out so fast that uh, I felt like I needed to make more and more and more of the same color because people will buy it. Yeah. And then I kept, after the pandemic, I kept making 50, color, or 50 half pans per color because I had the idea that it would go super fast and sell out super quick and people will be mad. But that didn't happen. And I got a lot of paints that are, are still in the shop, like from Valentine's Day 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, I still have them in my shop and it's fine because eventually people will buy it. So I keep it in the shop. Uh, but just knowing that you have all that stock and it's just you see the value but it's not selling and it's just it's just frustrating yeah i remember with like making my my cups my uh, ceramic cups mm -hmm. is that i would like push myself to make a lot because i would be scared they were going to sell out and i, I yeah people would get mad yeah people are always like oh i really wanted to get something but i wasn't in time and now when are you yeah i was late and blah 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 when are you going to uh, put them back into the store again and that's just annoying and always also something that's not something you can um, avoid because people are always going to be one minute late no matter if you have your design for two days or two weeks or two months there are always going to be people that are They're always late. two minutes late. You know, and I'm laughing right now because because those when we started out and we had those people commenting on us or be angry like, oh, I, I, I just missed it, blah, blah, blah. I felt responsible for them being late. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like that anymore, luckily. Uh, but I remember back then I felt so responsible for them uh, missing out because of the time difference or I didn't make enough and blah 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 mm -hmm. um, and I don't have any more of that so if you're listening and you missed out I am sorry but that's your own responsibility <laughs> yeah when, when I used to sell out like all my ceramics are one of a kind so if people are late for the specific palette that they want 
you know, that happens because they're all one of a kind. Um, yeah. And I don't really want to make specific designs multiple times because that's not fun. Also, it's mm-hmm. not... You, you're buying a unique piece, so I don't really want to be like making the, the same thing over and over again. Um, but yeah, it's like you have to accept that they're all going to be different. And hopefully there's yeah. like two or three that you like and you can make a different choice. And otherwise you just yeah, have exactly. to wait till the next time and probably my work will get better and there will be something else to buy. And don't have the, yeah. the fear of missing out. <laughs> there will be... Or do have the fear of missing out because people will line up in your shop and that's good for my shop. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> but but it's like be, be okay with missing something. Like it, there will be something else. Don't worry about it. But what I wanted to say, yeah. I'm getting a little bit off, off topic of what I, what sorry, sorry, I, sorry, I sorry. was talking about, <laughs> like the ceramic cups that I made. Yeah. Um, when I first made them, I was like, oh, uh, I bet these are going to sell as well as my pallets during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that was, mm-hmm. during the pandemic. and that was like a wrong choice, because first of all, they're more expensive. Second of all, they're more expensive to ship. Um And I think there are a lot more people making cups. So there's not necessarily like that people wanted to buy cups from me. So I had like 30 cups and they took a lot of space in my uh, studio. And I wasn't really selling them. And then every time I sat down to do ceramics, I was like, well... Am I going to make a cup? I still have a lot of cups and they haven't really sold. Um, yeah. So what you're going to do with them? Yeah. So it's like difficult if you have a lot of stock that you like. I also, some of those I kind of made rushed because I was like, oh, I need to produce. I need to make more. And then it wasn't my best work. And now mm-hmm. I wasn't selling them. And I was also feeling stuck like uh, I can't make new ones because I still have the old ones. And that's like not mm-hmm. a good place to be in because you're not allowing yourself to grow and learn uh, because you just was in the producing mode and made too much. Um, yeah. And I think we talked about this when we were talking about uh, being an artist versus uh, pr- production. Mm-hmm. You can really get lost in the production the whole production line, the whole production process, you can really lose yourself because sometimes your mindset is like, I need to produce, I need to produce, I need to produce because I have to make money. Mm -hmm. But producing, like you said, producing a lot of stuff doesn't equally, doesn't equal selling them. Yeah. So yeah, it can be, it can be really, tough sometimes but it's okay we learn you're making less cups right now um, yeah they're actually uh i i still have some but all the paint water cups at this moment are sold out so i i don't nice. have any more anymore so i'm thinking that i'll make a couple next time uh, yeah. and i'm also just thinking more about uh, i can make a few and just really try to make something that I want to make instead of focusing mm-hmm. on something that will sell. And maybe that's wrong making, uh, like if you look at 
trying to get a financially stable, sustainable business. Maybe it's wrong to yeah. focus on what I want to make instead of making something that sells. But on the other hand, people will see that you're making something that you like instead of trying to sell them yeah. something. And I agree because, first of all, yeah, it would be smart in the beginning uh, when you're just starting out to just make stuff that you know is going to sell, for example, your moon palettes. Uh, because you need money, mm -hmm. we need to pay the bills, and that's fine. Uh, but at the end, if it doesn't make you happy, why are we even having the business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you just make what people, what you know is going to sell, what people like, um, you will have your business purely for those people. And I think if you like, like what are you, what you're doing right now, you're experimenting and trying new things, you will find other people who would just as much love your uh, other work than just your moon palettes. Mm -hmm. Or it's it's the same thing with paint. Like people love my super granulating uh, paints and that is totally fine. I love them too. But I realized that I now made the Kingdom palette, which is a set of 12 single, almost all single pigmented colors. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting more of a reaction and more positive feedback and new fans and followers that I never would expect it because I thought people only liked my paint because they're unique mixes. Mm -hmm. And now I come with a single pigment mix, which was for me a kind of a big step because I thought people didn't like it. So I, I didn't even make a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't even make a lot because I was already in the mindset, okay, people are not going to buy this. It will be expensive. People don't have that money. Uh, people won't like it. But now I've opened the pre-orders just for my members. And I'm, um, I don't know if I'm going to have enough for the actual release. So yay, great. But also very confusing to yeah, me. Now you have to make more. Yeah. Now I have to make more. And it's like, oh, okay. It's, luckily, I like making <laughs> these paints. But what if I didn't? Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do? Am I? Are you going to prioritize paying your bills over your happiness? Yeah, you have to. Like, you have know. to like find find a balance where uh, find the balance, where, yes. where you're producing to sell, but also not overproducing uh, that you're not gonna be happy anymore. I have that with my ceramics exactly. right now because I I know I need to fill a kill, and that's going to be a lot of work but I don't really want to be in the oh I'm just producing more and more and more the same palettes um, just to fill the kiln yeah so I'm trying to find a balance where I'm I'm trying to make a lot of different palettes I just focus every day on what would be fun to make today instead of yeah. um, okay I need to make palettes everybody wants moon palettes I just need to make a thousand moon palettes Thousand. <laughs> I'm I'm planning to make sixty moon pellets, which is a lot, a lot of moon pellets. Um, but I am going to plan to do enough moon pellets for this shop update, and I want enough moon pellets for and my upcoming uh, convention and a Christmas update. Uh, and for the Christmas update, oh. I'm going to do something special. 
So it sounds like a lot of moon pellets, but I, I think I, I'm gonna need that much. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're, you're basically spreading it out over the rest of the year. Yeah, but I'm not going to just make like uh, 15 moon pellets today and then 15 tomorrow and the day after and then like no, I'm just going to see. Oh, um, today I'm going to do a little bit and. I feel like making moon pellets, so I'll just plan how many I can make today, what feels right. And then maybe mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a few days I can make again a few what feels right. And it's, it's yeah. about finding the balance. Um, so something else I really want to talk about during this podcast is uh, active versus passive income. Because... My ceramic pellets, the main problem with my ceramic pellet business is that it's very, very, very active income, which means that mm -hmm. I have to make the hours to directly um, like earn money. Uh, making mm -hmm. a ceramic pellet will mean that I'm going to sell it for X amount of euros. Mm -hmm. When the pellet is sold, I have to make a new pellet. Um, and that's how a lot of work works, right? You have to make the hours and then you can get the money. But in a lot of yeah. art business, you can also try to find passive income, which is income where you have to maybe do the work once or maybe it's it's a something that you build up and you can get mm -hmm. a little bit of money uh, over time where you don't have to put as much effort anymore. A good example of this is YouTube, where every time you make a YouTube video that's like like an active activity for work, um, mm -hmm. but when you're monetized, you still get like income from all the videos you've made in the past. So yes, you need yeah. to make you need to keep working to keep that going. But also when you're working more you'll also have this like passive income where if you're not working for a couple of weeks you still get some income um yeah do you have any passive income and what is something that you are planning or are you planning passive income uh i don't know if it falls under passive income but i've got my members every month mm -hmm. um and they receive paint every other month i've changed it mm -hmm. Um, and yes, I have to make paint, but I see it as because I have to make paint anyway for my shop update or for, um, collaborations or something, it doesn't feel like a lot of work to make the member paints every other month, you know? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take like a whole day just for the member paints. I'm working anyway. So, um... It takes not a lot of time to uh, make extra and set it aside for certain people. Mm -hmm. And it, it generates money every month. So every month I do have a set income that I uh, know I will receive. Um, but the, th the thing with memberships is people can cancel whenever they want. And you do not get a notification of when people... Uh, unsubscribe which is fine i mean uh i used to be 
members of for from certain people and then financial things happen where you where it's just not uh, sustainable anymore so you cancel and that is and that is totally fine um so it it does shift uh but the amount of uh, work i have to do isn't really bigger than i that i have to do anyway you know yeah, and I do think with something like like Patreon, I don't know, do you have your members on Patreon? No, I have them on Kofi. On Kofi, all right. Uh, so, but yeah. if you, I don't exactly know how Kofi works, but if you look at Patreon, uh, I do think Patreon is like sort of passive, but also sort of active. You have to do the work for Patreon. You have to make your posts. You have to do your promises. Um, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know what Patreon is, it's like, you have a couple of tiers where people would pay you a certain amount per month and they support yeah. you in that way, but you can also offer like benefits. For example, you'd have like a one euro tier, which is just the person supporting you so they don't get anything. And then you have a five euro yeah. tier in which you show sketchbook spreads and show a little bit behind the scenes now and then. And you have a 10 euro tier where you send out a sticker per month. I'm saying something yeah. like that so and that is yeah. like active in the sense that you still have to do the work but uh, when you are scaling up and you're getting more people that support you in that way the work doesn't really go up it's still as much no. work as it was when you just had like one follower there exactly it's the same amount of work no matter how, it's the same with my paints. I have to make the paint anyway. If I'm going to make five paints or 10 paints, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, great. It's really difficult when you're just starting out and you don't have anyone that is supporting you because it feels like yeah. a lot of work for not a lot of money. And especially yeah. when you don't really like doing it, that can be difficult. Um but I do think something like that is very worth it. I did have a Patreon, um, but my Patreon was very much active income because I offered ceramics that I would ship out every other month. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> you offered ceramics. That, that Wow, that is, I'm shocked. Yeah. That is a lot of work. And that was not really uh, sustainable for me to uh, keep doing because it was too much work and I offered them for a, a, quite a big discount. So it was actually... Did it include shipping? It included shipping. So oh I offered... <laughs> I think I sold like a, a ceramic, like small goodie bag for... Uh, it was bi-monthly, so you had to be subscribed for two months. And I think the tier was uh, 18.50. So you paid like 38 euros, but it was including shipping. So it was actually that people would pay around 20 euros for the pallet that I was sending out. And then there's... That is not a lot of no. money. So that was not, not great. Sustainable. Not great. Um, no. I do, like, somewhere in the future, I'll probably pick up Patreon or Kofi or something like that. But for, for now, I'm just going to focus on uh, growing my audience, uh, uh, make, improving my art... Uh, improving yeah. my products and, and not overworking myself. Let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with that. Because you can, like, um, you need to be focused 
on building a business that you can do for years. So it needs to be something you like. And it needs to be yeah. like... Uh, we've I've talked about this to Tom, where I'm picking up crocheting again. And I used to want to make like textile, cra- textile crafts my business. And there was just mm-hmm. not a way that I could think of that I could earn money with crocheting. Because I really like fine crocheting. I ra- like thin yarns. I like lace things. And that's all a lot of work. I also like spinning my own yarn. And that is even more work. So That's even a lot. I showed you that kimono that we made. That was more than 200 hours yes. of work. And if you're that's gorgeous. and if you're charging like a, a hourly wage of for something like that, where you have to keep in mind that you're uh, independent, so you need to charge more mm-hmm. than other people would. Uh, mm-hmm. You need to keep in mind that you need to charge more because you're not going to sell everything all the time. So you need to like make enough to live, even if you don't sell everything. Um, yeah keep that in mind you have to like as a starter you have to charge at least 30 euros per hour and this isn't always going to happen but if you're charging 30 euros an hour and you're spending 200 hours on a garment then that's like 6,000 euros only for uh, for the hourly wage for that kimono. Did you know 30, 30 euros an hour isn't even enough? No, that's not even enough as an independent <laughs> person. But that's like... that's no, like you should be charging a lot more. But that's like what we learned at art school. If you're just starting out fresh out of art school and you're an independent illustrator, you should charge around 30 euros. But, yeah. I think that is very bad advice from the art school, by the way. Because... Um, you have to set your own worth, I believe. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other Yeah, and a lot of artists uh, put themselves way too low or they're charging yeah. just like the materials and a little bit more because they're just doing it as a hobby. And I guess that if you're just doing it as a hobby, it's fine if you're not charging 30 euros an hour but also you're sure it gets kind of rough for the people who want to do it as a profession um especially if you're starting out because you'll when you're starting out you'll be competing with the people that are doing it as a hobby yeah and that's the thing right Mm -hmm. i mean when i started out with paint making it started as a hobby no it didn't even start as a hobby it started as i had to make my own damn paints because you weren't uh, allowed to buy anything anymore. <laughs> I wasn't buy. I wasn't allowed to buy any more watercolors, so I'm, I'm just gonna make them myself. And every everything I had extra, just the extras, I would sell. Mm-hmm. Um, that is how it, in essence, started. Uh, then it turned into something bigger. While I, while we were in the pandemic and we were all working at home, I had extra time. I had a lot of boring meetings, so I would secretly uh, make paint while in a meeting Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah i didn't need that money it was it was hobby money everything i earned back then was was going to be spent on pigments again (laughs) and i didn't have to worry about paying the bills because i still had my full-time job but when my full-time job uh didn't make me happy anymore and i quit then it started to be to it 
started to be a real mm-hmm. business and I have to make, I have to earn money of it to live a life and be, uh, and, and be independent um, and pay my own bills and all that stuff. And I am still not there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, whenever, every shop update, I make more money than I would do with my day job. And that is great if it would happen every single month. Yeah. But keep in mind that everything I earn is not my salary. Everything I earn, everything I sell is not my salary. It, you have to deduct the packaging material, uh, the my 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 you know just production material, the pans, the pigments, the muller. You have to deduct everything of it. Then you have to put money in your company because you, you your company needs to grow, and then whatever I can miss quote-unquote miss from uh, my company, I would put that as a salary on our joint uh, savings mm-hmm. account. But that is never the same amount as I would earn with my day job. And that's the thing about being financially independent and financially stable. Uh, financially, what? How did you call it? <laughs> financially, financially sustainable. Financially sustainable is that... Uh, if you if you have to compete with someone who does it at a hobby and they sell their paints for less of a price, um, of course, especially around now with inflation and people spending a lot of money on basic groceries, people don't have a lot of money to spend on their hobbies. Um, yeah, and and so they were, and maybe you have to think like, okay, uh, are there things that I can include into my business? which are going to make me more money and then I can do the things that I love that maybe don't make me as much money. I can do them next to it and be okay with not earning as much money as that thing. Um, Using crocheting, for example, if you crochet your beautiful patterns and you hand spin your yarn and it's going to take hours and hours you could always put it up for sale for a high price with the possibility that it's never going to sell. Um, But what if you also make a pattern for that thing and you sell the pattern for a couple of euros? Uh, And what if you make YouTube videos about how you make this thing or you write blog posts or you make uh, Instagram shorts or like... You can do something like crocheting a very beautiful thing that takes hours and hours, but that can't be your only source of income. If like that's not how you build a sustainable business by just saying, okay, this is what I want to do, and people just have to pay like this amount in order for me to be able to live. Well, maybe you have to see if there are also other ways, like. And for you, I think that that making paint um, is at least not that. Uh, I I know it's still like time consumable, but I do think that you can make quite a lot of paint um, to give yourself a, a fairly good hourly wage. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, the thing is, I don't. Um, how do you say? I don't calculate by hourly wage mm-hmm. because 
that would be very, very uh, unrealistic mm -hmm. in my case, because I can spend two whole days making paint. Um, but if I'm going to charge my company my hourly wage, then my company won't have any money. <laughs> yeah, but how do you... And that's the thing. And it's also... It's also about choices, you know. You you make you make choices and I am very very lucky and I am aware and I am blessed that I have a husband who makes enough money mm -hmm. to sustain all three of us. Um so we make enough money to one not go hungry. Noah has everything he needs. We can do fun things. We have extras. And I'm very aware of that and that also make uh, that also um, is part of the choice I made that 80% yeah. of the money that I make or, or, or from my, from my, that I make from what I sell goes back into my company. And only the amount that I earn f through my members will go th uh, to our savings account. Mm -hmm. That is my, the, whatever members I have, that is my salary. All the other things I've sold goes back uh, into the company. Or if I borrowed money, sometimes I borrow money from, um, and that's the thing. It's it's that's the confusion thing about being an uh, being uh, an artist. You have to know what is money for your company and what is money for yourself. So we have separate accounts for the company and then we have our family joint account. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I would borrow money. For example, the electric bike I recently bought. Yeah. Uh, I bought that because I didn't, first of all, I wanted to bike more with Noah. Second, I didn't want to, every time that I have a package that I have to bring to the post office, uh, I didn't want to take the car every time because it's, it's a very short ride, but it's easy, more easily done on the bike it's less mm -hmm. uh mission it's it's better for the environment you're you're outside it's just nicer to have a bike mm -hmm. so i've talked about it with ben and i said i'm gonna pay for that bike myself but it's a huge investment i don't have i don't i i had the money but i didn't want to spend all that money right now from my company for that bike yeah so that so then you borrow some money borrow in quote unquote because it's it's our money mm -hmm. but it's for the company so slowly you're gonna pay yourself back you know mm -hmm. um from whatever sales you have but if i'm gonna charge myself an hourly rate there won't be any money in my uh company account yeah but you do have to look like i'm not saying charging yourself an hourly wage and paying yourself out um i i mean like if you look at your pains and you're making a decision what to charge for them. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. That's okay. Because I, I have exactly the same with my palettes. Like I, I try to charge uh, 20 euros per hour actually. And that's not enough. I know that's not enough, but I try to, that's not I, I actually, and it used to be more, but with the prices, uh, like, going up the electri electricity prices mostly. My mm -hmm. my product costs have become a lot higher. 
And I haven't really yeah. upped my prices okay. because I don't feel ready to up my prices. But that means I make less money than before, actually. But that's also a difficult decision, you know, if you're going to amp up your prices. I mean, I should amp up my prices mm -hmm. because of the inflation issue we have in the world right now. Yeah. But I also know that if I'm going to amp my prices even more, I'm going to, and I totally understand yeah. that, but I'm going to lose some uh, customers that have been buying from me all this time because my paints are expensive. And I know that, and I know they fit, but they do, the price fits the quality. Yeah. Um, but if I need to amp it up just because of inflation, I would not feel good to charge, for example, 10 euros for a half band. That is just absolutely ridiculous. But that's the same thing that I'm feeling right now, like with my palettes. If I, uh, amp if I put my prices higher... I'm crossing the 30 mm -hmm. euros mark for a palette. And uh, I, I'm not ready yet to charge over 30 euros for a medium-sized palette. Um, no, exactly. And, and that's a difficult decision to make. You have to... Very, very difficult. You have to be fair to yourself and price yourself enough that you're earning some money. But also, yeah, it's, it's difficult to not... I don't know. It's it's difficult to not underprice yourself uh, because you you yeah. you also feel like how much is something worth and can I really charge more? Um, and I think that's also the issue that a lot of artists have is that they don't price their items fair to themselves because if they did they know that they would have less customers. And it's, yeah, and it's, but it's also difficult that when you're pricing yourself extremely low, people are also going to expect these low prices from you. And then if you want to price yeah. yourself higher in the future, it gets more difficult. Yeah. And also you're kind of ruining the market for other artists if you're pricing yourself too low. Yes. Uh, so it's a combination of things that is like, Really difficult. And what I said before that I charge myself 20 euros an hour, um, which is not enough. Almost everything I make with my uh, with my art currently goes back into my business. I, mm -hmm. See? I have made the decision that I'm going to buy a heat press, uh, which will cost Ooh, me yes, around indeed. 300 euros. Uh, which is, for me, a huge investment, 300 euros, is a lot of money. And I really would like to pay myself out, uh, but I decided not to. And that means I need to be really careful with what I spend in my normal life. I can't go out mm -hmm. for dinner or go out for drinks a lot or uh, make big purchases. We can't afford a lot of things. But I think that this heat press will help me with producing Generate. new products and it will help me like yes. with small produce with what we talked about before that I can just yeah. uh, buy 15 blank tote bags. I see, have some tote bags hanging like behind me that I bought to uh, try out the quality. Uh, but you can just buy five, 15 blank tote bags and uh, make three or four or five different designs and print just a couple of tote bags and see, make them at home and see if they sell. 
instead of having yes. to buy one design 50 times at least for a printed tote bag. Exactly. So yeah, it's difficult. You have to make a lot of choices. Um, but you will figure it out. And I, the main thing I want to say is like, uh, don't let everything depend on your art business being sustainable right away because it's something you have to build over many years. And it's mm-hmm. not going mm-hmm. to be like your main source of income for... Uh, I I don't want to say a number of years, but I'm going to say like the first five years, which is not really a number that is based on anything. (laughs) I just hope that next year, (laughs) I'm just doing this now for four years and I hope that next year I'm sustainable. So (laughs) I really hope so. I really hope so too. But it's, uh, and I hope times will get better for everyone. I mean, you, you hear in the news that I heard, yesterday in the news that we in the Netherlands now have more web shops than physical shops. Mm-hmm. And I think it also has to do with when the pandemic hit people losing their jobs and started their own business. Um, but now times are super, super hard. Uh, main also due to companies not paying their employers enough uh jobs are on the grabs super super easily um but you're not getting paid enough and that is that is mm-hmm. one of the beauty of owning an own business is you you have your own power to make sure you get paid enough uh, but you you have to be willing to put in the work and figuring it out trying things take risks lose sometimes mm-hmm. and uh you will grow along the way that is just that is just how it goes. I, I think this was a really nice podcast. Um, if you're not there yet and you're not selling your stuff yet, know that we've all been there. We've been there where Don't we've been up. there when we were really excited about a new item that we made and that it didn't sell. Uh, oh my god! Yes. <laughs> many times before <laughs> and. Many times before. And that's the part of taking a risk. And you know, you see all these things about people blowing up on the internet overnight. And what I like to say to myself every time I'm still not going viral yet. um, What I like to say (laughs) to myself is that even though it may haven't happened yet, doesn't mean it won't happen. There is always time There is always, as long as you keep going, you can get there. Uh, It might take a little longer, but even if if you are not there yet, it doesn't mean it won't happen. Yes, and also, please don't make it a goal of going viral. (laughs) (laughs) Because it can also have a super negative impact. Yes, definitely. That is a topic for another podcast, which... Another Which time. will make after I've gone five. <laughs> <laughs> ten ways as a tips, uh, ten tips for going viral as an as someone who went viral. Yeah. Have you made some progress on your uh, drawing? On your. I sketch? did look. Oh. I made. I I've drawn the the mm-hmm. sketch, and then I I used the pencil to really heavily draw it on and then I stamped it on the stamp 
So it's in uh, in in mirror mm -hmm. mode. Mirror mirror is and now I'm going over it with my uh, my fine liner, so I know what parts I need to cut and what parts I do not need to. Cut. Awesome! I um so it's going. I did this where I made a a little extra line crochet line on oh, my yeah. oh look there and cute. and the thing so I need to have an opening so you can take the cover off. So this is going to be the opening, oh, and yeah. then uh, this, like the the two crochet granny squares on top, are not going to be closed there, but just on the sides. So it opens here. Oh yeah, for yeah. the opening. So yeah. that's the plan. Oh, very nice. See, we made progress while we were talking. I knew we could do it. All right, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we had like we are still trying things out, so we're not experts on. Uh, financial stuff we can probably talk hours more on what we've learned uh, so there might might yeah. be another topic like another podcast about like uh, financial stuff in the future if there's something you want to hear about this if you want to know something that we learned along the way definitely leave a comment if you're watching on youtube uh, so we know and we can talk about it and if there's a great Yay. tip that you would like to say, also you can post it in the comments so other people can read it. Yes, let's help each other out. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks in the next one. Yes, have a great day. Bye-bye.